Hi there, and welcome to 10 Minutes Before Class. I'm Professor Diascro. Last Friday, an American giant passed away, leaving a remarkable equal rights legacy, a gaping hole in constitutional jurisprudence, and an intensified schism in American politics. I'm not sure where to start on a topic as large as Ruth Bader Ginsburg and her contributions to American democracy. She was so small in stature, yet so large in her impact. I remember so well when she was nominated and confirmed. I was in graduate school studying the courts, actually, and we were all coming off the very contentious confirmation of Justice Thomas. She was only the second woman to be a justice, and she joined the court on the heels of the sexual harassment charges made against Thomas by Anita Hill. It was, it was quite a time. She was second to Sandra Day O'Connor, who had been appointed over 10 years earlier and who was still sitting on the bench. It wasn't until her nomination that I learned most of the details of Ginsburg's personal story as a woman in law school and in the legal profession, and then about her professional history as a legal advocate. She'd already had an enormous effect on women's rights at the time, But as is often the case, that work happened mostly away from the media spotlight, and so most people, myself included, didn't know about it. In 2000, I was a Supreme Court fellow, and while my position wasn't at the court itself, I actually worked at a different judicial agency called the U.S. Sentencing Commission. I did spend a lot of time at the court watching oral arguments, which is such a treat, and If there's ever a time when people can actually visit D.C. again, I highly recommend going to the court and listening to oral arguments. I wish I'd had a chance to meet her in person, but we just didn't have a lot of exposure to the justices at the time. But still, it was great to see her on the bench. It often looked to me that she was kind of perched up on phone books or something to elevate her in her seat. And she would lean what seemed to me kind of far across the bench into the microphone when she spoke. I was always quite worried that she seemed very precarious and might fall over. But it was a pleasure and an honor to see her in action the many times that I did. In my former life as a judicial politics professor, I taught con law and civil liberties and judicial politics, which I still do on occasion. I wrote about gender and racial diversity on the federal courts. And one piece specifically was about the Supreme Court's ruling on gender discrimination at the Virginia Military Institute. In all of my work, Justice Ginsburg was a background or front and center character as one of the few women on the federal courts, and then also as the author of the court's opinion in the VMI case, which made it unconstitutional to refuse admission to women. It's not surprising then that I've had more than a few emails in the last week from former students reflecting on her work on our classes and wondering about what her passing means legally and politically. One of these came from a student who took a winter session class I taught on women and the law in 2009. I had arranged for the class to go to a talk that Justice Ginsburg was giving at the Supreme Court, and we got a group photo, and so my student was wondering if I had a copy, and it turns out that I do. It's not a very good copy, a little pixelated. Um, I'm going to have to hunt for the original so that I have a better quality, but I was able to send it to him. Um, And it was really fun for the both of us to kind of connect over this, however sad the occasion was. Um, Another student who much more recently took my judicial process class has just started law school and asks a harder question about the legitimacy and the future of the legal system. 
It's hard for me, she said in her email to me, two weeks into law school and having entered with the ultimate goal to do civil rights work to feel that I'm working towards entering a legitimate system. I expect there are a lot of young people and, you know, older people like me, for that matter, wondering the same thing. On the one hand, I don't know where to start with such a complex concern. I fully understand the frustration, the fear, the desperation, the paralysis that so many of us feel right now. On a good day, a day when maybe there is some basic consensus about the norms and rules of American democracy, those norms and rules, processes, structures, outcomes, they fall short, and we rightly question their legitimacy. So much about American democracy is aspirational. We take two steps forward and then one, sometimes two or more steps back. And that's on a good day. We are not having a good day now. On the other hand, legitimacy an idea of an idea, of an institution, of an organization, of a system of governance comes from popular acceptance. And this can be, this is empowering. Legitimacy is not delivered from on high. Something is illegitimate if we think it's unfair or unjust, if something doesn't work as we think it should. And in a democracy, if we think something isn't fair or just, then at least theoretically, we can change it so that it is. I understand that's an oversimplification of the process of legitimating an institution, particularly an institution like the American justice system. But at least for the time being, we have the tools to make change. And that means that we can take rules and institutions that are less legitimate than we would like them to be, and we can adapt them so that they are more legitimate. We can create a system that is fair and is just and is acceptable. We can make it legitimate. That's not at all to say that it's easy, and we know that it's not. We see this every day. We know vividly that it's not easy. But one thing that we can do, or you can do, is see your professional and personal goals as part of the process of reestablishing or creating legitimate institutions. Perhaps there is no better time than now to become a civil rights attorney or activist. I wouldn't dream of telling any of you how to approach these very difficult times, but if your passion, your life goals, are about justice and the justice system— please know that we need you now more than ever. It will be a devastating day when we decide that we don't want to fix what is broken. So to bring us back to Justice Ginsburg, where we started, use her as your inspiration for fighting the good fight despite so many odds. There are a number of quotes of hers floating around in the media these days, but these two seem particularly on topic here. So one is, quote, So often in life, things that you regard as an impediment turn out to be great good fortune, unquote. And two, I would like to be remembered as someone who used whatever talent she had to do her work to the very best of her ability. So use Justice Ginsburg as a model. Take on the impediments with the hope that they will turn to good fortune and employ your talents to do the very, very best that you can. And on that note, as always, be safe and be well. I will see you next week. <laughs>